welcome to Ask Deb about business. I'm Rome Gaioso, co-host. We are broadcasting via Futures Television, the home of the future on television. If you're watching this show on Futures Television, listen to it on Radio Futures or listen to it as a podcast or as a recorded event on one of the social media platforms, you too can be part of the conversation. Just visit our YouTube channel and that is IMCI Magazine, where we continue to chat about the topic of the day. You can also access this information on our website, and that is www.futurestelevision.com. So don't be shy. Today, our topic is developing a pricing strategy for your business. Pricing strategy is a critical aspect of any business, and it directly impacts customer perception, revenue, and profitability. However, with so many different pricing models to choose from, it can be challenging for business owners to determine which approach is ideal for their company. From tiered and introductory pricing to subscription models and more, there's a lot to consider when it comes to understanding the pros and the cons of different pricing strategies. Whether you're starting from scratch or have an established business that is struggling to generate a profit, pricing and getting your pricing right is essential to business success. Pricing not only affects your business, but also has a significant impact on your customers and the way they view your business. If your price is too high for your company's perceived value, you risk losing customers. If your price is too low for the perceived value of your business, you risk losing customers because of your brand value. So uh, prices that make your brand look cheap, those you don't want for sure. So how can you determine the price that is right for your business products? or services, you need a pricing strategy. And there's a lot to talk about it on this topic, but we're no more. Now you have someone to talk to. So first, I can say a few words about the show. The talk show is broadcast every other Thursday at 11 a.m. Central Time, where I join Dots to discuss a variety of business topics. So no matter what your venture is, you will certainly have questions. So let me say a few words about the show host, Deb Dietz, before we get started. Deb has a long and distinguished career as a coach, mentor, and through her awesome training programs at SMB Digital Education, she has enabled many entrepreneurs to follow their dreams. And that's exactly what I like about her. It's her ability to deliver practical advice to help you solve real problems. If you have a business question, well, let's ask Deb. Without further ado, let's welcome Deb Dietz to the show. How are you doing today, Deb? Hey, Ram. I'm great. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. So excited about the show today. I am too. I'm very excited. And uh, as you can see, we're not in our home studio of Butterfield Studio in Vernon Hills, Illinois today. Uh, some of our team members are a little under the weather and we wish them well. But we're here uh, and we're delighted to welcome everyone to the show. Our show focuses on emerging trends, challenges, and opportunities that face small to mid-sized businesses. So business owners, business leaders, and business professionals. And we invite subject matter experts on our show, experts on those topics. And my promise to you is that by the end of our time together today, you'll have at least one key takeaway that you can implement and make actionable within your own business. 
And today I'm really, really excited to welcome Chella Diaz to the show. Chella is an expert on pricing. She is known as the pricing queen, and she is going to share her expertise and her best practices with us today. Wonderful. So let me say a few words about her before we actually welcome her to the show. So Chella Diaz is an author, speaker, and consultant. She empowers entrepreneurs to increase their fees and level up their business. Chella was in corporate for many years and has been on her entrepreneurial journey for over 10 years. She believes it does not matter how much money you make, what counts is how much you keep. The pricing philosophy is you are the boss and money is your employee. How are you going to manage it? Well, without further ado, with you, the pricing queen. <laughs> Hi, Chella. <laughs> Hello, hello. Oh my God, this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> so wonderful to, to have you with us. We're, we're delighted uh, to, to welcome the pricing queen, uh, queen to the show. Um, you know, is it's just such, it's, pricing is such an interesting topic. And as simple as it may seem to people, it's actually one of the most complicated parts of the marketing mix. I think people are maybe more comfortable talking about their products or their processes and operations, their people, their financials, their customers. But pricing is one of the important, most important levers that they can pull in order to drive improved profitability within their company. So I'm so happy that we're going to have this conversation today. And before we actually get into the topic, one of the, the, the ways that Ram and I really love to start the show is by having our guests share a little bit about themselves and share kind of their journey. You are an entrepreneur. You came from corporate, very similar to, to me. We, we both were in corporate and now here we are entrepreneurs and business owners. And everyone is always so interested in hearing about the personal journeys of our guests and how they got to where they are. So um, if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself, tell us about your business and take us back and share your journey with us. Oh my goodness. So it's going to be, it's a, it's a phenomenal journey. I can tell you that I have been good with money since I was nine years old. And at nine years old, I knew I would go to the farmer's market and I knew how much money I would need. My parents had a jar. I knew how much money I needed in order to get the items on the list. Looking back, I don't even know how I knew that. I just know that I, I knew there was the list. This is how much money I needed, right? To me, money was one of those things that just made sense, right? And also getting stuff. I purchased my first car when I was 17, right? I had a part-time job. I was going to high school. But to me, getting the car meant freedom. Mm -hmm. And this is... And I was just doing journaling, but for me, getting a car meant that I could go to football games at other schools, the freedom to explore, right? So sometimes we really got to look at, okay, yeah, you want to make more money? What, what, what is, what is the task that we're going to give money? So for me, I wanted a car I saved up because of what I could see on the other side, the freedom to go to basketball games, to football games, the freedom to go to concerts. Right. So it's that freedom that it gives you. I think sometimes, you know, we all say, you, I want to make, you know, a million dollars. I don't know why that magic million dollars, everything is going to be okay, which is nothing wrong with that, but take it back. You know I mean? What is that going to do? Get it to detail. So I am a mother of two amazing boys, sons, 
And I enjoy hanging out at live music events with them. Now, I'm a mother, so yes, I used to drag my kids to all kinds of live music events when they were younger. But what they learned from that, even though they didn't realize, is they got to meet a lot of different people, all kinds of music. But it was that experience. And I want the audience to think about, yeah, money is great, but what experiences do you want to create with it? That's key, right? Because then you have something to, to look forward to. And I'm excited to be here. I could talk about this for days. Well, I, I love it. And I, I think a great place to start, you know, you talked about, you know, knowing sort of intuitively um, how to how to think about money when you were young. And so I think a great place to start the conversation is, you know, some of the how do the money conversations that we listen to when we're young people, even children, impact our financial, our current financial picture, you know, because obviously we're all growing up, we're all, you know, you know, being part of a family and we're, 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 we're observing. And we maybe live in a household where, you know, mom and dad or our, our parents are not talking about money, you know, in front of the children as an example. So, you know, how do some of those early, the things that we listen to that we witness and observe when we're children impact us now? And that is powerful. I'm not going to address the if you grew up in a household where they adults, period, no matter the adults didn't talk about money, what stories as a young person did you tell yourself about it? Right? So it's not because they were not talking about it. What conclusions did you jump to? It's not safe to talk about money. We don't talk about money. Right? So that in itself is huge because then you grow up thinking, oh, we don't talk about that. You know, that's the taboo subject. So that in itself can create um, a lot of when you get into a relationship, right? Or when you begin to what what do you want to do with money? Is that you're afraid to even talk about it? And this goes into pricing, right? Because if you don't want to feel safe talking about it, how are you going to ask for money? You know, that's such a great point because I think about you know the the comment I made earlier about about the levers that you can pull in order to drive, you know, profitability for your company. And I think people are, and correct me if you if this if you think this is correct, is that people think are talk about sales. They talk, they have an understanding of their fixed and their variable costs, but they're not having the pricing conversation. At least that's just my experience. Maybe be, and maybe because of some of these beliefs from early in their in their childhood that could be carrying forward, right? Absolutely. I want to ask you something very specific about that. So a very common uh, complaint that we get or we hear from Latino women is that when they were young, you know, they were they were told, especially in Latin America, you know, uh, women going after money, oh, that's kind of dirty. Oh, that's beneath you. Oh, that's something you shouldn't do. So the cultural aspects of money right and of course we try to counter that but is there any kind of knowledge you could share to all those latino women listening to us you know now you we should talk about money that's something important what is your guidance oh my god that is so incredible and yes in, and we do have some cultural right and i am grew up in such a family right so my parents are uh mexican i grew up in the states but it's it's the gender roles that we put on. Girls do this, boys do that, right? You know what I mean? So even at the very young age, we get told, like, 
What about girls are not good with math or girls mm -hmm. are not good with numbers, right? This is a, I say, a limiting belief that was gifted to us. But this is very powerful. So because if you grew up in a household, you know, girls don't do this, girls don't, whatever it was, think of it as that, that was a gift that was gifted to you. So for me, my dad, you have to work hard, right? So to me, that was like, if, if I grew up here and you have to work hard, my dad was a baker. Um, so he was, you know, obviously worked with his hands and, you know, um, entrepreneur though, too, as well. He had a side uh, job, as a side hustle as well. But if you grew up with me, like me, you have to work hard. And when you go out and you do a speaking engagement where I'm talking about what I love and I get paid to do that, that went physical for me, that went against everything that I grew up with, right? Because for years I heard, so it does, right? So for me, it's like, I, I said, yes, I'm going to do this. But the behind the scenes, I reached out to my mentors, to my coaches, because I physically, I was like, oh my God, how can that be? Right? Because you go through the change. So no matter what the story was that you were gifted, because I see it as a gift, because just because somebody gave, gifted you something, it does not mean you have to keep it. Re-gift that one, or actually, <laughs> that one out, yes. Right, and, and, but think about that, right? And and I don't believe in blame or shame. I don't, you know, the the adults did the best that they could based on their wisdom, based on their knowledge. But it is up to us to identify and release that and take it to the next level, so that we are empowering our next generation. Right. So it's very very important that we talk about. And I'm going to say do this as a task next thing next next time you go to a grocery store what do they have at the uh checkout they have all the toys and they have the the candy and the stuff mm -hmm. watch how the parents or the adults talk about money when the kid asks for can i have this and i know you may think it okay she's talking about kids but this has to do with your business so if a kid says i want this toy i got gum whatever it is if the parent says, no, we can't afford it, what is that kid thinking? What is he taking away? Right? And that kid can say they can't afford it. That's something that we grow up with. And this is has an impact on your business. Because in the back of your mind is you can't afford it, you can't afford it. What if we change that conversation to, I want this. And as an adult, you say, you know what? That's great. Why don't we work out a way so that we can purchase that item? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now you're making them part of the conversation. And how that ties to your business is I want you to think about this is your $5,000 tip. I want you to think about what did you grow up hearing about? It doesn't matter what it was, but how can you shift that no matter what it was? You have to work hard for your money. Money doesn't grow on trees. We can't afford that. We don't have time for that. And then, of course, my favorite, rich people do what? Right? Because if you grew up hearing that and you want to have a successful business, but if you grew up hearing rich people are evil or rich people are whatever it was, for me, it was rich people are snobs. 
your body's going to fight that because you want to be successful, but you at the same time don't want to be what the adults said the rich people do. It's, this, is, this is the internal game, but we have the choice to shift that. We do. So I, I, I love that. So, you know, it's, it's being num number one, having the awareness, right, that of, of those of that of that kind of thinking and trying to find ways to overcome that. You know, and then I'm thinking about what, some challenges that I think business owners face is when they look to increase their fees, they're afraid to do so. Um, and so do you think that some of the reasons why they're afraid to do that are because 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 of some of these limited beliefs that they have? that have kind of carried forward from all those years ago. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And totally. And so we're going to give tips because this is about giving you the tools. Yep. Deb said we're going to give you tools that you can take action steps. This That's is it. it. So what we're going to do with that perfect, perfect um, question is it doesn't matter how long you've been in business. You are several steps ahead of a person you're going to help. Right. So it doesn't matter to me. Right. You're, all you need to do is just three steps ahead. That's it. So when you begin to do that, I want you to make a list of all of the what your clients have said to you. You made my life easier. You saved me time. Make a list of what they said to you. Working with you has made whatever that difference is. When you and continue to accumulate that list, right? Because this is going to help you when you see this list. And I had one of my clients and he's a speaker. I said, what do the people get after? The list that, and he's been doing this for 10 years, but the list that he did was over a hundred benefits that people in the audience got when he spoke, right? So when you take that list, right? It, it, it can be five, it can be 10, it can be 20. But when you take that list and you see this list and you see these are the things, these are the benefits that somebody is going to get from working with me. See, that in yeah, you see the expansion, right? Because then you it's not the limiting beliefs and then you can shift it. You can tell yourself a different story. I love that. And it's literally just taking in as the testimonials that you hear from the people that you work with, right? That the how you how you impacted positive change, right? Or maybe how you helped to transform you know, them, you know, from a bad situation to a better situation or whatever that success story is and capture that. I love that because in that you then up that allows you to position your value, right? What is that positive transformation by working with me? You can expect this kind of positive uh, transformation, and just by simply by gathering, taking an inventory of all the accolades and the and the thank yous that you get from people. I love and that. because we tend to forget that, right? Let's be honest, yeah. right? It's we true. We forget. So let's keep a list. Let's keep a running list. Let's follow up on that. So people write down their lists. They know what things they are, why they're important, right? And they still don't increase their fees. So what are the top three reasons why, you know, business owners really don't increase their fees? What is it? What kind of, is it a mental block? What is it? It's, it's who's going to pay me. Okay. Why will they pay me? It's mostly who's going to pay me. And of course, this is going to be our third tip right here, right now. So this is going to be a $25,000 tip. So when you have this list, and this is what I walk my clients through, you're going to go out and let's just use this imaginary. Let's say that your current 
program is $995. Let's just say, use whatever number you have. A good measure is like, in this case, we're going to increase it by $500. So your program is going to be $1,500. You have this list of all of the outcomes that you see. You're going to go out and you're going to have 10 practice conversations. It's very important. This is practice. You're not looking to get a new client. You're going to have practice conversations. You're going to go to some networking events. You're going to reach out some some people on your social media. And you're going to say, you know, and we're going to have a conversation. This is what I do. This is who it helps. Who do you know that can benefit from, from my services? And when you're having the conversation, you know what? This looks interesting. Can you tell me more? You tell them what you do, blah, blah, blah. And this is important because we're not looking to get clients. You're having 10 practice conversations with your new 1500 and the investment to work with me is 1500. Something happens between conversations five and eight, because at the beginning, and this is why this is practice conversations at the beginning, your whole body was like, Oh, who's going to, what you're right. And you, we want to go through that, but trust me when I say you make it to the 10th conversation. And right now my record is two clients. One of my clients enrolled two new clients when they were doing this practice conversations because you want to get that nervous energy out of your system, right? right? Because initially, let's face it, when you're going from 995 to 1500, your body was like, you're lying. Nobody's going to pay you that, right? It's the, it's the critic. It's the, mon- I call it my man- monkey chatter. It's going to work against you. But something happens when you get to that five conversations, seventh conversation, you're like, yes, I am worth this amount. And I'm going to continue to have these conversations because I am worth it. I know the value that I bring to the table. I know how my clients can benefit. I know how they can improve whatever it is the challenge is by working with me. I encourage you go out 10 conversations. That's all it takes. So this is great. Pra- I mean, this is great practice to get over the fear because I think there's a lot. This is really based in fear, right? Fear of rejection, fear, you know, running and screaming with their hair on fire. No, no, I don't see, you know, the value. But um, but I love that. So that that makes that that's a great practical tip. So that's what happened with me. My hair was on fire. <laughs> now I, I can say whatever. So, you know, Chella, would that also work? You know, we talk with a lot of, you know, uh, young business women they're just starting out their startups is the advice the same i mean they go from zero to let's say you know they're selling a subscription for 99 dollars. you know they go from zero to a hundred dollars which is nothing to something would that also work absolutely absolutely and again right because you think that's a perfect example from listen talk about a startup because the startup you may not have a long list of things. However, you know you've been working with people throughout the years. I know I've been doing financial workshops for over 20 years, even before I started charging. So anybody that you've helped along the way, you put it into the list. Any advice? What? Why do people come to you? People used to come to me all the time. How do I do this? How do I pay off this? How do I do this? Right? So make a list of all the people that you have helped along the way, because that's going to give you, and yes, going from zero to 
$90 is going to be big. But think about it. How many people do you really want to have in this model? Let's say that you want to have 100 people, right? With the millions and millions of people that are out there. And that's the other mistake I, I believe entrepreneurs make. We concentrate on, <gasps> no, we concentrate on we're going to get 100 people out of the millions. Of, we're looking for 100 people that are willing to pay me $95 for my services. Right. And then you can, again, I'm a huge list. Uh, I'm going to sound really nerdy, but I'm a huge list. I, I carry a notebook with me all the time. Right. So make a list of a hundred and then you begin to check out, you know, and then when you get down to, oh my God, I have 25 people. Right. That's going to help, but it's keeping track of, I'm looking for a hundred people that are ready to transform their life are ready to purchase my service, right? Concentrate on 100 versus <gasps> nobody's going to do it or who's going to pay me. Be intentional about what you want. And I'm using 100, it could be 50, it could be, the number doesn't matter. But stay focused on what you want versus nobody's going to pay me, who's going to pay me, right? Very, very focused. And, and this absolutely would totally help with somebody that's just starting out because for those, that's, that's a perfect example, Rob. I would say if you're just starting out and you can go from zero, you wanna to go to hundred. If you find that to be a little bit too difficult, like your body's fighting it, great. Go out and get five people at $50. Mm -hmm. So really talking about, you know, uh, realistic goals and setting realistic goals and expectations. Right. So, you know, you're not trying to, you know, meet the whole market demand, but but give yourself, you know, manageable goals and realistic and smart, you know, smart goals. Right. And then have some success. And then you're sort of boosting your self-confidence also and in and, and building your skills. And then you go out and maybe and then set raise the goal bar a little bit higher. So I, I love that. That's, that's again, very practical. And then to get those initial five people or 10 people signed up, make them feel special. Say, you know, you're going to be, would you like to be part of my founders and make those the founders, right? Because everybody wants to be included. Let's face it. If somebody invites you to, you know, I mean, we all want to be invited to that party. Say, you know what? I'm looking for 10 people to be part of, you know, this program and for the first 10 people. And you say it upfront for the first five people, 10 people, the investment is $50. And you stay true to that. Mm -hmm. You get those five people, 10 people, then you increase the price. But no, no buts, right? You sleep on it. You don't take advantage. Then you're going to pay the higher price. Do we and, make then, it and then you can take those learnings and put, and put that on your list, right? And then just take it forward. Yeah. So that would be the other way, right? It's keeping track of who you're looking for. Even if we're talking a thousand people, let's say a thousand, right? Okay. A thousand people versus how many millions of people are out, right? So stay focused because when you do that, because then your mind is going to focus on what you're looking for, who are you looking versus, oh, it's hard. It's hard because we want to make it complicated. Well, that's, you know, that's another interesting point that you make is once when you do that and then you you have some successes and then you can kind of look at maybe the profile of those folks that said yes and that they're 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 being included, they're participating. And then you can kind of model 
those profiles to go look for folks that, you know, kind of resemble that profile. And, 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 you know, so that's a great way of kind of segment. It's almost like segmenting your, your, your target audience. Right. And now that you have 10 people, I'll use 10 yeah. people. What if you ask them, okay, who do you know that can benefit from this program? Right. We all want to help. Right. Yeah, well, absolutely. And that's why, you know, and we talk a lot about networking, which is so important. And you and I mean, we all we met actually at networking and, I, you know, and then our paths crossed in different networking groups. And, you know, and then here we are together today. So, you know, that's that's so important. So, you know, referrals certainly come from that. So that's also another, you know, great tip and tool. Right. Is to kind of build your referral network and ask, ask for those referrals. And it can be very simple. Right. It's nothing personal. This is who this is what I do. This is who it helps. Who do you know that can benefit from my service? Service product, you can do whatever, you know what I mean? But it's a very simple, it's it's not a threat and it's not, I'm not coming to you saying, like, oh, you have to buy this. You need it. Oh no, how do you know I need it? Right. And that's what a lot of people first know. This is what I do. This is who it helps. Who do you know that can benefit? It's a very, and people will, people will remember you because you took the time to share what you do and always, always, always come from a place of service. This is going to be a, this is going to be a, a $5,000 tip, but always have a list of resources that you can share with others. Come from a place of how can I serve? Who can I help? Could it be an introduction? Could it be a podcast? It could be a book. It could be a networking event. It could be a tip that has been really great for you on one of your social medias. Make a list of things because as you come across people and you see that they're needing whatever it is, bring out your handy dandy little list and be of service, be of help. Um, because then they'll, oh, you know, Chala reminded me of blah, blah, blah. And this is a good way for them to remember you because you're coming from a place of how can I serve? How can I help? You know, I, I, I love that. So, you know, make it about them, right? And, and how you can serve them. And I think that's that's really important for, for anybody in business is to have that kind of a mindset. You know, certainly we're all trying to make our own numbers and, you know, drive our own success. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, and, and it really speaks to your ability to listen effectively too, because you really have to stop talking uh, many times and just listen to what people are talking about and where, where their pain points are. And then if you can help them, you know, connect, make a connection um, or be of service in that way, then I think that goes a long way in building your credibility. And then I think the referrals will, will, will come from that. Does that make sense too? Absolutely. Totally. And follow up. I say, follow up. You've said, I'm going to make an introduction or I'm going to send you this. I, I say, have I dropped the ball a couple of times? Yes, I have. Totally transparent, right? But for the most part, if I say I'm going to do something, I will follow up, even if it's late. You know, I will. I'll. I'll do what I said I was going to do. So, you know, have integrity with your word. And I love books, right? You know, if you if you have a book that benefits or that you got something out of it, to me, it's like you know what, or a podcast. You know, I found this podcast really helpful. Or I found this book really helpful. And this is what's been working for me on social media. Anything that's going to help them, whether it's in their personal life or in their business, to me, can be incredibly beneficial. 
You know, I love that. It's like, you know, to, to your point, have, have a servant's heart and pay it forward. You know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, for those of us that have been doing this a long time and been in business a long time, you know, we've got this younger generation that is, you know, that's coming up here. We've got Generation Z, the new folks that are entering the workforce. We've got kids in school that may not necessarily know what their next step is. And maybe they are thinking maybe college isn't for me, you know, and so, you know, thinking about how you we have this arsenal of expertise all around us and how can we help others so that maybe they can get some information to make better decisions for themselves so they have more life choices. The only word I can say to that is amen. Yeah. No, it's true, right? Well, exactly. Because I think, you know, again, I just think about, you know, if you think think of so many of us have been doing, we're special, you know, here you are, you're an expert in, in pricing, you know, and you're on the show to, you know, spread your wisdom and share your expertise um, and people can understand. And maybe today there was somebody watching that's, you know, all of a sudden they're like, you know what? Um, and actually, that's an interesting question for our audiences, you know, because I think, like I said earlier, there are people that are very, you know, they're focused on other things other than pricing. Right. They're thinking about their products or customers, how, you know, their go to market strategies. But, um, you know, they're, they're you know, looking for how to build you know, some competency in this area. And, uh, and and like I said, there's this lever of, uh, you know, you pull the pricing lever. It can have a huge impact on your business, but you have to do the research. You have to ask the questions and you can't be afraid to do that. So overcoming the fear that's really kind of constraining you. To me, uh, overcoming the fear, and we all have it, let's face it. I mean, yeah. you know, we have it at different levels, yeah. it's just that we all have it. it. It's about allowing that and being okay with that, but taking the action, right? It's always taking the action that's going to help you move forward. I love that, taking the action. So you, you, you talk a lot about growing your business with ease. So help us understand how we do that. That where it doesn't maybe doesn't have to be so difficult. It does. It doesn't. It doesn't. Right. Because we are in our own little bubble. Right. And everything we let's face it, as an entrepreneurs, we do everything right. We do the social media. Mm -hmm. We do, especially at the beginning, within the first five years. Right. You know, may not be all for everybody, but we're doing everything right. We're doing the networking, the social media, the working with the clients that, you know, that's not everything else. So sometimes we get so caught up in that. Right. That we forget sometimes increasing your fee is was going to allow you to have more money, but also more time because you were working with less people. So this is where the ease comes in. Um, three tips. If people are telling you you're too low, it's time to increase your fee. If you've been in business for at least 18 months and you have any, it's time to increase your fee. And the, the thing is that sometimes people will not work with you because your fees are too low, right? They're like, mm, no, if she's charging this much, they're charging this much, are they really that good? So think about that, right? Think mm -hmm. about sometimes people will not, I know several people, they did not want to work with the coaches like, really, that's it? That's all? And they didn't feel comfortable. They didn't have the confidence that for this low amount, people were going to deliver the value. So you're cheating yourself by not, right? So people are saying you're too low. You haven't been 18 months, you haven't increased your prices. So the minute you increase the price, I already gave you the tip, have 10 practice conversations 
you're going to enroll more people into your programs, but it's the ease of it, right? Make a decision that you're going to increase your price. Go out, have the 10 practice conversations with the new higher fee. So what that is, is instead of working with 50 people, what if you work with 30 people? Say more money, but also more time. So I have a question about this. So we, you know, usually you're talking about people's own prices, right? So how do you react to somebody else's prices, the prices of your competitors? What kind of guidance you offer there? Oh my goodness. So that is definitely a fantabulous question. See, sometimes to me, we get caught up in the comparison and I'm not saying, right? So Deb and I do the same thing. We have the same training. We have the same amount of everything, right? But we serve a different audience, right? We've both been doing it for the same amount of time. To me, it's about the audience that you're choosing to work with, mm -hmm. right? And so Deb can be, you know, $2,000 and I'm 500, right? If I look at her pricing, right, she serves a different market. We don't always know what the behind the scenes were. That's so true. Right? So comparing your prices to somebody that does the same thing to me is it, we can look at them, but I don't think, see, I would never compare because I don't know the relationships that Deb has built over the years and the connections that she has and the audiences that she serves. So comparing me, her 2000 to my 500 to me is not a fair assessment because we don't know enough. And let's face it, and Deb would not do this because she's very honest out front, but is your competition really going to tell you all their struggles, all that they have to do, mm -hmm. right? They're really not. I know somebody that um, invests $75,000 a month in advertising. And he's not fun about it. I was part of his mastermind. Not fun about it. So we don't know. So I think to me, comparing, it, it, we don't have enough information to do that. See, I think that's a really good point. It should just be one input, right, into the into your decision making process. One of the um, right. Too many variables when you yeah. do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, it, because we're serving a different market for whatever reason we're choosing. You know, maybe she only works with corporate and what you know. I mean, so. To me, it's more about go back to the list, mm -hmm. go back to the transformations that you're offering and find the people that are willing and willing and ready. Because willing is one thing, but ready is a different thing. They may have the money. That doesn't mean that they're ready. Right. So find, find. So to me, it's make go back to the list because that's going to be a true. This is what I offer and this is who. Because that's going to give you, because at the end of the day, it's about you. It's about my bank account. So comparison to me does have it. We need to look at it, but I don't believe that we need to compare ourselves because at the end of the day, we don't have it done for enough information to make that happen. And so you have, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so we do have a comment and a question. So uh, I think you're talking a lot about uh, products, but does that apply to services as well? So Bazir. And LinkedIn said, you know, actually a family friend who is a neurosurgeon used to keep his fees low as he felt he was asking too much. But unfortunately, his patients questioned his excellence. <laughs> so he had to increase the prices and offered price reductions only to those who asked. So, I mean, not just for products, but someone who is a physician. It's also selling a service, right? A service is also a sale. 
and it carries a price. So if you charge to lower price, people will say, well, you know, uh, are you that good or maybe not? And it's a brain surgeon out of all things. Right? Talk about perfect timing. Could we have asked for a better comment? Thank you very much. But this goes to the point, right? It, it sometimes, and in this case, for me, is what if you increase the price, not for you to be the highest, but for you to be high enough and you do that and then you come around and maybe you have a project where you work, where you work for less. But it's important that, and this is this is going to be, this is it, this is the $50,000 tip. It's important for us to charge the higher value first and then come back and do a lower for somebody else or a community or some sort because you want to be the Saks Fifth Avenue. You want to be the Tiffany, which is my favorite store. Um, Tiffany, you want to be the Tiffany's, you don't want to be the Kmart or the Walmart or whoever else, right? But once you're that, it's very easy for you to come back and help others. To me, in my experience, it's a lot more difficult to be that budget or the low and then increase your price, which a lot of people teach that. They're like, you have to start here. I said we have to start, not the highest, but we have to stay high and then create programs that are going to help others. That in itself, it may sound simple, but that is your $100,000 tip. Because if you start at the top and you work with 10 people, 20 people, 25 people, then you have the funds to go out and offer, whether it's a group program at a lower fee. There's always Groupon, right? You can always put... Oh, it's Groupon. Right. So it could be more options to name. Maybe there's an opportunity to bundle different services together or offer, you know, something in addition. So you're adding, you're continuing to add value. It's just at different price points. Exactly. But start thinking high, right? Start with the high and then go. And again, this is going against what other people say, you know, do the $27 program or the 47 And there's nothing wrong with that. There, there really isn't if you're starting out. But once you have enough experience, you would want to go to the penthouse and work your way back down. It's a lot easier because once you have those clients and you know what you're looking for, the more money people pay, the more attention and the more action they're going to take. And hopefully and the more and hopefully the more referrals there they'll get yeah. too, right? <laughs> but it, they're easier. The people that pay you more money, they're just easier to work with because their mindset is at a different level. So they're going to take action where somebody else, and again, everybody is where they are. Right. But the more they pay, the more attention, the more action they're going to take. They're a lot easier. They're certainly making a bigger investment. So they're, you know, they want to certainly make sure that they're capitalizing on that, right? That there's a return <laughs> on that, on that investment that they've made. You just said it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Which and that goes back if they're paying the two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. You know, let's face it, you know, it, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. To some, that's a lot of money. Right. But that's why we talk about the demographics. Right. It's about finding the people that pay you the higher fee so that we're able to make a bigger impact by offering programs for the other people. Again, helping them along. I'm all about how can we help? as many people as possible. 
That's why I like the kind of this this notion of bundling services and coming up with different price points because you're going to come across people that have different needs, different financial resources, and so if you can somehow find a way to you know kind of uncouple or couple you know your products and services and bundle or unbundle wherever it makes sense, then that's an option as well. And you're being inclusive, right? Because absolutely, more, you'll reach more people certainly. Right, they're going to come in into whatever bucket. They right. are in. Okay, I'm on this bucket. I'm in this, but I'm ready for it to go this way, right? But to me, that's also it's like it's not about oh, I can't afford it. No, this is where I'm at. This is what's going to meet my needs. Powerful no, experience counts too, right? So, what kind of experience you're having with the product and our service, and I think that will also dictate some of you know the willingness to pay, right? Mm -hmm. So, if my Absolutely. experience is good, right? then I'm more willing. If my experience isn't as great, I'm less willing, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked a little bit, we just kind of touched briefly on referral partners. Tell us, you know, in your experience, the power of that. The power of that goes back to allowing, building your business at, with ease. It's, but also empowering the client. It's finding those people that have the same audience as you do, where we complement, right? So our services are complementary to each other. So that when I come across Susie or Johnny and they, we've working together, I bring along a power partner because their services are complementary and that my client is what they need next. But it goes both ways, right? Because we're builders, right? And to me, it's like you're having a sales team out there this helping you talk about your business and vice versa. Cause I talk about their business. They talk about my business, but you know, imagine having to me, the ideal will be 10 power partners. Can you imagine having 10 people talking about what you do? It doesn't happen overnight. I hate to break it to you. This is the real show here, right? right. But it can't happen. I mean, Deb, you and I have known each other for over two years. Right. Right. It take it does take a little bit of time not to get discouraged right. because now I need to know that that person is going to deliver on what they said they're going to deliver. Absolutely. So power partners is a phenomenal way. And there's uh, quite a few communities out there teaching you how to do just that. But it's a complimentary service. And what's really great is because then you almost become a one stop shop for your clients. Well, I can do this. You know, maybe I can partner somebody that does websites or I can partner somebody that does social media, whatever is complementary to your business, yeah. building yeah. that community, you're creating oh, yeah. your own referral machine by having this community. Yeah, there's a comment here, and I also would like to ask you to address that. So, you know, first of all, Basir was thanking you for, you know, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel, but the light orb that is getting me out of the labyrinth. So for the business owner, and specifically for the people who are just starting out so this looks like a labyrinth and people are lost so uh maybe you know what would be a great idea for us to go over your five hundred dollars your five two thousand dollars your fifty thousand dollar and your hundred thousand dollar tip because uh, you know what i think you have a recipe a recipe for success and i think it would be of value for people to understand you know what uh, we, uh, what do I do? And people are really, you know, most of us, you know, and especially people starting out, they're lost. I mean, 
they're the CEOs and the janitors. So you know they they're making the product and selling the product. They're promoting the product. So this this does feel like a labyrinth. And folks, you know, I'm actually happy to say that you know Charlotte's going to have a course. We're going to go through through her course because we I if you're like me, I need someone to kind of hold my hands and walk me through it, just like Deb does. You know, no, Rob, this is what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think there's a lot of power in in, in structured conversations in, in getting you know the steps that you know the three steps for this the five steps for that and people sometimes say oh this is so much jargon no it's not it's giving people you know, what they want in a peaceful format so that people can, can consume so what is your you know kind of a, a few of your thoughts in terms of how can people walk out of this labyrinth and, and focus on getting pricing right this is where um, having a mentor, having a coach is going to be great, right? Because we are our own. We cannot see what, because we're in it. So having an outside, and at the beginning, I had a lot of mentors, right? At the beginning, you can't really afford to pay for a coach. So just because you can't afford that doesn't mean, right? What if you trade services? But we need that outsider's perspective. We need somebody else to look. Somebody, and i got to be somebody that has already done it doesn't have to be in the same field but somebody that has already achieved a certain amount of success and this is where entrepreneurs we make the mistake of going back speaking from the corporate world going back to our w2 employees and talking to them about it they cannot help us they cannot relate you know I me mean? nothing wrong with them i'm but they cannot relate so we have to find a mentor that has achieved some type of success in their business in order for them to share their guidance and their wisdoms and to give us the one, two, three steps. Okay, this is what you do next. I know where you are. I know it's, yeah. it feels like you're stuck, but what if you do this just one thing, right? It's, it's, it's one step at a time. It is one step at a time. And I think that's, you know, the, where the rubber hits the road is actually teaching people how to actually do it and take the steps, you know, step one, do this, step two, do that, step three. And then I think their probability of success will be so much greater. So I love that. So work with someone who's been there in, you know, in that environment and done that and uh, has some success stories to show you and help walk you forward. I love that. Well, I couldn't let you go without asking you about the power wealth hours. Can you say that? <laughs> Talk about mentor. <laughs> we touched on this. So this is this is the 10 practice calls. After you finish your 10 practice calls, then you dedicate certain amount of hours per week for your power wealth hours. This is your income producing activities. This is where you put it on your calendar whether you're reaching out to people, where you're setting up those calls, where you share what you do, right? This is, but this is being strict about it. And, you know, every time you feel like, oh, there's nothing to do. No, put it on your schedule. There's no time for me to do that. Put it on your schedule. Think of it as planting seeds mm -hmm. and different seeds, different fruits, different vegetables grow at a different time. The more seeds you plant, but be very, very strict with yourself. And it doesn't matter how many hours. If you say, I'm going to do three hours, I'm going to do five hours, I'm going to do one hour. The amount doesn't matter. Consistency, putting it on the calendar and doing it. Think of it as planting seeds because you never know when those seeds are going to blossom. 
And so this is something that is, and hold yourself accountable to doing it, right? And it's not something you push off your calendar. It, 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 it is intentional. It's purposeful. It's mandatory, actually. Because you're right. Alone. You don't ever know. You know, yep. you've got to put lots of seeds in the ground. And you never know where it's going to go, what's going to come first or grow first. Um, but you have to have many that are that are working for you, right? Or yeah, it's okay to, absolutely, Deb. It's okay to change it, but yeah. you've got to be consistent. If you say three hours a week, make that happen. And make it happen. Eat an elephant. How do you eat an elephant? Make that happen first, right? Make that, get it out of the way. You know, it's not a make it happen, do it, move on to the next thing. And and the more you do it, the better you get at it. It becomes part of your normal, you know, process, right? Your daily work, if you will. Well, Great you know, question. We, uh, we, we heard just a little bit, but she's coming back. And actually, Chala Diaz is a speaker at the VC Latinx conference that's going to happen uh, in May, so just a couple of months away. And she's going to talk about what? Well, of course, it's the pricing queen, developing a pricing strategy for your business. So could you give us a little bit of what you're going to be talking about? We, I, I know based on the show, you got an idea. I come, I'm going to give you the action steps, right? I'm going to give you, you know, got to do this first, no matter where you are, what stage of your business is about actions. Because if you don't, you know, the steps, the one, two, threes, so that you can go out and make that happen. And uh, for those of us that are watching now, come back. Let us know how you did with your 10 practice calls. Let us know yeah, how you did. With in there. There's homework. <laughs> <laughs> Make your list of all the benefits to your clients, right? Because this, and then what if you come back in May, you say, oh my God, I did what you said and my, I increased my prices. We are looking forward to that, right? Because the more you share with us, the more we, and then you can be the testimonial. Oh, if she did it, it's about helping others see that it can be done. Chella, you packed a, a lot here in the in the short time we have together and just so incredibly grateful because that's really the spirit of what, what we're doing here on the show is the practical advice, guidance, tips, strategies that people can work with this afternoon. And I think you did a wonderful job of, of sharing that with our audience. So, uh, so thank you so much. And we'll have you come back because there, we could go deep on any of these topics. So Thank you very, very much. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in VC Latinx for sure. And uh, Ram, I'm just going to see if we have any other questions or comments from our from our folks. Uh, yeah, we're about out of time right now. So okay. I will I'll just thank them and I will follow up. You know, thank your Facebook friends. Uh, thank you, YouTube. Uh, thank the YouTubers out there. And of course, you know, our friends in LinkedIn. Thank you for your comments and questions, of course. We have a few uh, other shows coming up. You know, uh, we're going to have the CRO roadmaps to building a world-class organization. We're going to talk a little bit about Generation Z entering the workforce. And then we're going to have a very special show on living a life of purpose. That and so much more. Again, folks, uh, I want to thank you so much for your presence uh, and for your comments and your thoughts. And if you'd like to reach out to Chella, of course, they will be back. And Chella, we can find you on LinkedIn, right? That's my main platform, LinkedIn and Facebook. So Facebookers, you know, time for you to jump in and say hi to her on Facebook. Absolutely. And uh, I hope, you know, you all had a wonderful show. And thank you again so very much, Chella, for being, you know, Deb and I. I think it was like a, 
a bright conversation. Thank you so very much for your time today. My pleasure. Okay, folks, so time for us to say our goodbyes. And thank you again. Thank you so much for being with us today. I hope we can continue the conversation. Please use one of the social media platforms. Jala is on Facebook, so are we. Uh, you can use uh, YouTube and leave us a, your comment, your questions, of course. You can leave uh, comments and questions on the link of this video below. And we'll be uh, certain uh, to follow up with any of your comments and questions. Again, thank you so very much. And they will leave you with our institutional message. See you next time.